You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come check out all the good stuff we have, leading you into the big free agency frenzy that will begin with the legal tampering period on Monday afternoon next week. We'll have a busy week of free agent moves, so we'll have the reaction here. As it pertains to fantasy football, we had a few franchise tags assigned here. Not any big surprises there. Uh, I think uh, Hunter Henry and uh, Aaron Jones not being tagged as well as Kenny Galladay might be the biggest things there. But Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, they're tagged to return with their teams here. And then we also had the re-signing of Levante David. And that takes us into our team of the day. That would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, That's our last team we're covering in the NFC South, our 2020 season in review, our 2021 offseason and season ahead in preview here. So it's good to be the Buccaneers. They're your Super Bowl 55 champs. Tom Brady on top of the world again with his seventh ring. Can they repeat? What's this team looking like for next season? That's going to be our complete breakdown today. Again, if you missed any of the previous teams we've done, uh, now we're at the end of another division. We covered uh, the NFC South all this week and uh, from last week as well, the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints. But we did a whole bunch of uh, teams before then. We'll be down to eight more teams to talk about, and we'll get to all of them at some point. We'll uh, take a break a little bit with free agency coming up. But, yeah, still have to take care of uh, the eight teams in the two West divisions. But if you missed any other team, those are up now. All right, let's look at the Buccaneers here. It was a highly successful season for the Buccaneers, and we know a lot of it was tied to the GOAT, Tom Brady himself here. So what a year for this uh, Bucks team overall. Kind of a slow play. They were the wildcard team in the NFC South. So, But you can see it building. They really got better in the second half and down the stretch. They had to figure things out. We know it was a virtual offseason and trying to get adjusted. Uh, Brady with his players, uh, all that stuff. And uh, eventually it uh, came and uh, blossomed uh, bigger than expected. So we'll start looking at the quarterback production for Tom Brady. And for those who have written off Tom Brady that he was done with the Patriots, he played all 16 games here. He uh, had 4,633 yards, 40 TDs. So one of his best seasons ever, 12 interceptions. That was a pretty high total in relation to those TDs, but 7.6 yards per attempt. He looked very good overall. Again, he didn't give you much rushing, but he did sneak for three touchdowns. So six rushing yards, but three more TDs there. So 43-12 and 12 overall for Tom Brady. Big year for a pocket passer, taking advantage of the elite weapons around him. So 28.7 points per game. That put him 12th overall, but in terms of the average per game, that put him 8th. That's how good Tom Brady was. He was a solid 
QB1 and a great value no matter how you slice it here. If you took him a little later, he got uh, very good returns for you. And a lot of people wrote him off. They said, is he going to be really lifted by this offense? But you had to keep in mind, James Winston was a high-end QB1 despite the interceptions the year before because of all the touchdown passes. Well, Tom Brady managed to do better in the touchdown department and way better in the interception department with only 12. So, yeah, so the weapons to a very aggressive offense, very good passing weapons. Brady hasn't had this in a while since uh, probably going back to that 2007 uh, record season with the Patriots when he threw for 50 touchdowns, a then record. So, yeah, Tom Brady doesn't often go over 40 with his uh, touchdowns here. And, uh, again, that, that was big in the transition. So, overall, he had a massive year. He probably should have gotten more kind of support for the MVP discussion, given that he came over to a new team, lifted it from being 7-9, wildcard also ran to an 11-5 team. So, four-game improvement. They didn't win the division. That's probably what hurt Brady from maybe battling out Aaron Rodgers and others for the MVP. But his numbers, you look at everything he did, just uh, very special here. Now, the backfield was harder to navigate. People were trying to figure out who it was going to be. We're all into the rookie Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt. Maybe LaShawn McCoy in the mix. We weren't sold, totally sold on Ronald Jones, but... Ronald Jones came through pretty well when healthy. He played 14 games, 978 yards rushing, 7 TDs. He caught another uh, 28 balls for 165 yards and a TD. So you're looking at 1143 in, from scrimmage and 8 combined TDs. That's pretty good for Ronald Jones. In terms of where that put him, 12.3 fantasy points per game and half point PPR. Number 16 overall. So that's QB2 and uh, number 22 they're an average points per game. So, Ronald Jones surprised a lot of people. He's been in and out of the doghouse of Bruce Arians, but they trusted him as more of a complete back, lead back in the situation. When you look at it, he nearly doubled the touches of Leonard Fournette, 192 to 97. Now, Fournette missed three games. Jones missed two. Fournette's biggest uh, thing was having some big rushing games and uh, some scoring chances in the red zone. He ends up with 367 rushing yards, 6 TDs, 600 from scrimmage, 6 TDs. He also caught 36 passes for 233 yards. So he ended up being the top receiving back on this team over Jones. So they didn't necessarily trust Jones in those passing game situations as much. So Fournette built a niche there, and in the red zone, supporting and scoring touchdowns. So when you look at these two backs combined, 1,743 yards from scrimmage and 14 TDs. So that's a pretty darn good feature back when you mash them up together. But only 8.8 .8 points per game for Fournette. He is uh, 38th overall. So he was a flex play at times. And uh, it was hard to know when to go with him. But Ronald Jones was the more consistent asset there. And 39th in average. So definitely a big drop off there. Nearly 4 points in half point PPR what you would get from Jones and Fournette every week. So going forward, I would think that uh, Ronald Jones is going to have a bigger role. We'll hint at something that's coming here, but Leonard Fournette, it's going to be really hard to keep him here on this team. He uh, can cash in, maybe go elsewhere. Maybe he'll accept a lesser deal and stay here as a backup back or complimentary back to Jones. But yeah, I mean, Fournette gave the Bucks everything they wanted here. He was a key figure in the playoffs as well. So we'll see about his return, but certainly 
this uh, Bucks uh, running game and the rushing production from the backs much higher than you might have expected here when looking at it. All right, so there's a look at uh, what the Bucks did at quarterback with Tom Brady, what they did with their running backs in 2020. We still have to break down what we saw from their wide receivers, tight ends, kicker, and defense. We'll do that in our next segment. But first, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is best. It is Built Bar Madness. And today's matchups are German chocolate versus salted caramel, mocha love versus white chocolate birthday cake. Yeah, those sound like amazing desserts. They are, and they are in the form of a delicious, healthy for you protein bar. Now, I've tried all these in my mixed pack. German chocolate was outstanding. It has that kind of hint of coconut flavor there. And if you're looking for a dessert that's going to be good for you, and you don't want the all the fat and all that that comes with the cake, German chocolate built bar, fantastic. And salted caramel, I like a good salted caramel brownie. That's a great flavor too, but... The uniqueness of German chocolate makes me lean there. So you can't really go wrong with either of these built Bars, but I like German chocolate. So that's my pick there. If I had to pick in this uh, matchup there in Bilt Bar Madness, then on the other one, Mocha Love versus White Chocolate Birthday Cake. I recently did have a birthday, so birthday is on my mind here. So I do like the Mocha Love, like a little bit of uh, the coffee chocolate type flavor, but I do like some birthday cake, and again... You get that wrapped around in chocolate. It's delicious uh, white chocolate here. So good stuff all around. So I'm going with chocolate, chocolate, double chocolate here in the picks for our Built Bar Madness. And you can just go check this out at uh, BuiltBar.com or go to Built underscore Bar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who... Won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar ever from Built Bar. We'll be right back here to break down uh, what we saw from uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, the Bucks' talented one-two punch at wide receiver. All right, so the Bucks, a uh, lot of success at QB, better than you thought at running back. We know the wide receivers were going to be the most reliable and even better than you think. Before we do that, I have to remind you that today on the Locked On Today podcast, there are a lot of player movement in the NFL on Tuesday. Who were the winners and losers? Check that out uh, with the deals uh, that have happened here, the franchise tags and all that. And we'll get deep into free agency here on Locked On Fantasy Football next week. But get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let us uh, look here at uh, what the... Bucks wide receivers did. You had uh, Mike Evans. He finished 10th there in overall scoring. 13.4 points per game and half point PPR. 13th in average. Chris Godwin finished 32nd, but we know he missed some time with an injury, but 13.2 points. So that put him right behind Evans at 16th. So essentially you had two high-end wide receiver twos out of the Bucks. Pretty good when they share the time and the production there. The big difference that separated the two, again, was the durability of Evans versus Godwin. There, That's pretty much what happened. Evans played 16, Godwin played 12, so Godwin probably would have come close to outscoring Evans, but it still would have been tough. 
70 catches, 1,006 yards, and 13 touchdowns for Evans. So Evans really had the mastery of those short touchdown passes in the red zone from Tom Brady. Sometimes he would disappear, not do much else, and be the guy that catches the balls in the end zone for the big-time pay dirt. Chris Godwin, 65 catches, 840, and 7. So he probably would have hit double-digit touchdowns here or close to it by playing uh, four more games. And he definitely would have been the leading receiver all around. Uh, you look at 650, 65, only five catches away in those four fewer games. In 840, he would have easily uh, caught 200 yards over four games to uh, pass Evans there as well. So, yeah, that's why these guys are really close here in the scoring. But, yeah, half-point PPR, pretty even between these two guys when you look at it overall. So, yeah, they're interchangeable. I think the separation, again, Evans, the better touchdown maker, while Godwin did everything else here at a high level. Now, the real surprise is the half season from Antonio Brown. Now, we know as a half season player, he wasn't going to be up there in the ranking. 66, so that puts him outside of wide receiver 5 territory into wide receiver 6. But look at the points per game. Remember, he wasn't involved for the first half season, so he was not even an option. Played eight games, catches 45 for 43 and 40 TDs. So when you look at that, 11 points per, points per game and half-point PPR, 26th. Yes, that's 26th. He's a wide receiver three when he was active here in 2020. That might surprise you. So... It's convenient that he played exactly eight games because you look at it, you can double the numbers. It would have been 90 catches. It would have been 966 yards. And it would have been eight TDs. That is a very good season here, folks, as a wide receiver three. So we'll see if they can bring back Antonio Brown. But this trio certainly was special. And this was despite the fact here that Scotty Miller played all 16 games. He had 33, 501, and 3. So... Miller, we know his role diminished once A.B. came in there. They were able to support three receivers for a good chunk of uh, 2019, but 2020, a whole different level with Tom Brady here, especially in the second half. Part of A.B.'s production, we know, bumped up because Godwin did miss some time and they had to lean on him a little bit more. But remember, it was a slow start for Antonio Brown as well. So these three receivers were key. We figured that's where they were going to go here and maybe lessen the impact of the tight end production. And really go to what Bruce Arians wants with the 11 personnel. And these guys got the job done with Evans and A.B. when they're in the lineup all together as the outside guys and Godwin in the slot. Now, at uh, tight end, they also had a new addition here in Rob Gronkowski. Now, this is an interesting look at the numbers. Gronkowski, 7.9 points per game and half-point PPR. Eighth in overall scoring. But he came on late down the stretch, 14th there. So just outside of tight end one. 45 catches, only 623, but really was helped by the seven TDs here that he posted. It was a bad year for tight end, so that is going to be a solid year every time. Cameron Brake cut into it a little bit with 28 catches, 282, but only two TDs. So the touchdowns were big for Gronk here down the stretch. But before then, I will mention, remember... O.J. Howard went down for the season after only four games. He actually averaged 8.0 points per game before he went down. He had uh, 11 catches, 146 yards, and two TDs in only four games. So he might have hit a good chunk there if you uh, multiply by four. He might have been more of a committee there with Gronk and Brate and Howard. So 
Now they have to make a decision. Do they want to move on from Braden Howard? Gronkowski is a free agent. We'll get into that a little bit more, but they're definitely out. So it's really hard, I think, to justify if you're the Buccaneers to carry all three tight ends into 2021. I don't think there's a need for it. So that's a decision that has to be made. But very interesting that Howard was outperforming Gronk had uh, he been healthy there for the season, but that wasn't the case here. And uh, Howard probably ruined the fact that he saw Gronk step in there on a more regular basis with Brait and really replace him well in receiving production and blocking as well. Now, we look at uh, the other position is kicker for an individual for the Buccaneers. Ryan Suckup finished tied for 7th, 9.1 fantasy points per game. With Justin Tucker. Yeah. So that's how good Ryan Suckup was. So Tom Brady not only lifts the running backs and receivers and tight ends, but he lifts the kickers too. The former Mr. Relevant, the former Chief, got a Super Bowl ring against his uh, former team there kicking a field goal. So yeah, Ryan Suckup, this offense was high scoring, prolific. Suckup had some ups and downs, but overall he was uh, pretty spectacular here as a kicker. He... uh, Played all 16 games. He made the 28 of 31 field goals there. He had even won a 50-yarder and seven 40-yarders there. So very good percentage. He did miss five extra point attempts, 52 of 57, but they scored a lot of touchdowns. That helped. But yeah, good scoring overall here. And again, as you get past nine, you're into a solid kicker that you can look in to start in week in, week out. And if you get closer to 10, then you're looking at a really tough end kicker. So Ryan Suckup, pretty high up there. And uh, they have to make a decision with him here. And we'll get into that in our final segment. Defense special teams, the Buccaneers finished ninth, 7.3 points per game. So they were yet a starting asset in that position as well. When you look at the, their totals here, 48 sacks, pretty good number. 15 interceptions, pretty good number. Their sack totals, uh, Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre, Ball combined for 17 and a half of those, but good committee approach. Devin White from the second level making a lot of plays as well as a blitzer to help uh, Todd Bowles in that defense on the second level. When you look at their playmaking on the back end, Carlton Davis led with the, the four interceptions. He had a breakout year at corner for the most part. Then a good committee approach. Antoine Winfield Jr. as a rookie was pretty good. Lamonte David. Uh, George Whitehead had a couple from safety, and uh, even Jason Pierre-Paul got on the front, or fun up front. So, yeah, so this was a pretty good uh, turnover-forcing team. They have a pretty good pass rush. They have some good active playmakers, and a very successful season all around for the Buccaneers. And we know in the end, that defensive ability to make plays and uh, shut down the run and uh, really tee off against the pass with uh, two good edge guys and versatile blitzers. That's what helped them win the Super Bowl in the end uh, beyond their uh, great offense here throughout the season with Tom Brady. Yeah, so the Bucs, every way you look at their 2020 season, it was a smashing success. They couldn't have imagined a better scenario with Tom Brady other than uh, maybe uh, winning the NFC South as well. But they win the Super Bowl, they win the big one, they get to the playoffs, and a long playoff drought. Brady's the man. So you can't argue with any of the results for Tampa Bay. On our final segment, we'll see, can Tampa Bay keep this up in 2021? We'll look at uh, some of the nuts and bolts there of their offseason that they should be concerned about. And some news also affecting them of late. But 
First, I got to tell you, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. At betonline.ag, you'll be covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is enter the promo code LOCKED ON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back here to look at the Bucks free agency salary cap and draft information for 2021. All right, we will uh, continue here in a moment, but I have to remind you, you have to check out Wednesdays on Locked NFL. Take a dive into the future of your favorite NFL franchises. Tony Wiggins and James Rapian are joined every week by Locked On draft expert to talk prospects in the upcoming draft and young NFL players fresh in the league. Did your team have a big rookie performance in 2020? Or are they shaping up to have a premier draft pick in the 2021 draft? Get everything you need Wednesdays on Lockdown NFL. Subscribe to Lockdown NFL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, the Bucks, uh, the salary kip situation is fluid. First, we had the bump up to about $185 million, So it was operating around 180 but it was confirmed that it'll go up a few more. So a little bit of relief there. The Bucks uh, did franchise tag the wide receiver Chris Godwin, so he's going to be back in the mix, a placeholder for a long-term deal. They also re-signed Levante David, and they're working on a deal for Shaquille Barrett. So David was massive as a playmaking linebacker for them. Barrett keeping him as a bookend with Jason Pierre-Paul rushing the passer. These are all high priorities. So right now as it stands, before we add in what the David cap hit is, they're $5.5 million over there so their goals beyond this first wave of godwin david and barrett was going to be trying to keep bring back and dominican sue on a reasonable veteran salary same thing with rob gronkowski and antonio brown but digging a little deeper leonard fournette's a free agent Rashawn mccoy kenyon barner at running back and then ryan Suckup, their kicker is also unsigned here for uh, 2021 so some things they need to sort out so the expectation here right now is that not only Tom Brady will restructure his deal to create some room so they can sign all three of these guys. Uh, well, right now they're okay because they're $5.5 million over when accounting for Godwin. So, get David, you have to maybe change the way the contract goes for Brady and Mike Evans. So, they can probably create another, i say, I don't know, anywhere from 15 to $20 million extra in cap room. And you figure that will help them keep both uh, Baird and David here. So, yeah, they'll work it out. It's going to be these uh, other players here. I would think the guys, uh, they would let Walker Fournette if he asks for too much. I think they won't go there. They have uh, plenty of running back depth. They can go get some more in the draft beyond Ronald Jones. I think they could also cut O.J. Howard or Cameron Brait to make room for Gronk if that's the way they want to go. And Antonio Brown, we'll see if they can keep him on a discount deal. There was a lot of interest in him elsewhere other than Tom Brady recruiting him in Tampa, so maybe they can get him on a reasonable deal. And Sue, just being a guy that's older, that's earned everything he can here, just coming back as a mercenary to uh, potentially go for another Super Bowl. So Bucks are in very good shape here with the cap. And again, they may not be too aggressive spending outside. They don't need to be. they got Tom Brady. That's going to be the biggest thing, trying to keep Tom Brady over a couple more years beyond the season where she's under contract and also get some cap relief by doing so. And Evans helped out to get Fournette signed last year, so I think that'll happen again 
as well. So they could restructure and change things around, but the Buccaneers should be rather intact. Now, do they get a little bit better than that? I don't know. But they're a young team, keep in mind, for the most part overall. So they're just trying to keep a few veteran pieces here. And uh, there's just a lot of upside for the Buccaneers to continue to build on that. Tom Brady said they could be even better in 2021 than they were in 2020. And I totally agree with that because now they're all together. They're going to have a normal offseason. May not uh, end up losing much, if anything at all, of significance here in free agency. Now, with the Buccaneers, they're a pretty good drafting team. We know that uh, they got a good draft pick last year. Tristan Wirfs was fantastic. at right tackle from Iowa. Exactly what they needed here for Tom Brady. Antoine Winfield was an excellent pick as well by uh, Jason Light. So 32, we know that. That's the reward for picking uh, as the Super Bowl champions. You get number 32. So the last pick in the first round. They could look at Travis Etienne or Najee Harris. That would be scary. They look there, if uh, moving on from Fournette or Jones, and uh, they want to get some help there. They could look more help defensively as well. Strengthen up their... Defensive line, if they have to make some moves there, like move William Golston or Sue doesn't come back, I think you could look there. 64, you could look at uh, some other help here, and maybe you look at that third wide receiver a little bit more. I think that's a little bit of a luxury pick if they can bring back Brown or have Scotty Miller in the mix, but that's something to look at. But pass rush, defensive uh, tackle, helping them a little bit more there would be the priorities. Maybe a safety that they could look at as well. Jordan Whitehead has been pretty good. And he can make a lot of plays, but uh, Winfield needs a little bit better partner back there. They could also look at the offensive line. Donovan Smith getting a little older at left tackle. Do they address that position if the value is there? So a lot of ways the Buccaneers can go, but I think best player available on either side of the ball is going to help because they don't have any real glaring holes going into their Super Bowl 55 title defense here in 2021. So there you have it. There's a look at your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a transitional look as they go from the great success of 2020 into trying to have more of that in 2021. So very intriguing team, good for fantasy overall. I think they can get better for fantasy overall here. So excited about those prospects and want to settle things up and uh, streamline a little bit so we know who the answers are and we're not uh, guessing here going into next season. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of Lockdown Fantasy Football. This has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.